Paul spoke about last week. There, there is this stirring. It, it, it's time for us to pray. It's time for us to worship. It's time for us to go out on the streets. It's time for us to, you know, to be who God has made us to be. Um, for, and we're, it's for this moment, for this very moment that we're living in. Um, so when Bill spoke last week, week about Gideon and, you know, really about just like pressing through the, the fear that is really, you know, kind of engulfed the nation in this um, and the world, for that matter, in this season, Vanessa and I really felt, you know, for this week, we want to press in more into this concept of fear and, and really unpack fear, the spirit of fear, what's it look like, what's it mean, and how do we respond in this current situation? Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited because I just feel like we're all going to get delivered from fear today. <laughs> I just feel deliverance is happening. Um, so we're going to talk about fear, and, I, you know, a couple weeks or maybe a month or so ago, Juliana and Tammy also talked about how God's word is our plumb line um, and how important that is in this season. So that's basically this first part of our message is we're plumb lining ourselves into the word of God um, with the subject of fear. Um, and I think that's really important because we're going to unpack, what I'm going to kind of focus on is what the world says about fear and what the Bible says about fear. Because um, they are very different and we need to align with the word of God right now more than ever. Uh, so I'm going to start with what is fear. And I'm going to just tell you, this is a definition I found of fear um, that um, psychology today, um, I kind of summarize it, but it basically is, this is what the world says. Fear is a natural, powerful, primitive human emotion. Fear can be real or imagined. Natural, powerful. What does the Bible say? All right, so we're going to go to 2 Timothy 1.7. We have a lot of scriptures, so I don't know how many um, you can stay up with, but we will be putting some in the chat box too, so just bear with us. Um, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Um, 1 Peter 5.8 says, be alert and sober of mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. If that doesn't sound horrific to you, an enemy prowling around looking for someone to devour, I mean, that sounds, hor that sounds fearful, right? So here's what the Bible has to say. One, fear is a spirit. And two... It's a tool the enemy uses to devour you, right? Intimidation. So the world says it's a natural, powerful um, human emotion. The Bible says it's a spirit, not from God, and it's a tool the enemy uses to devour you. So it's very different. Why do we become fearful? All right, what does the world say? Okay, so fear rises when we're in the threat of harm, right? Um, we probably can, all can relate to that. When we're in the threat of harm, physical or emotional or psychological, real or imagined, fear alerts us to the presence of danger, okay? So we're saying, yeah, the world's saying it alerts you. It's, it's, it's helpful, right? And um, there is that sense of like, okay, there's a moment where if a lion's running after me, my defenses come up, right? But let's, let's dig into what the Bible says. Psalms 118, 6. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. Isaiah 41, 10. Let's look at that one. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Okay, let's look at Isaiah 43, 1 through 3. 
I'll give you a minute to turn to that if you can. Isaiah 43, 1 through 3. All right? Remember, the world says that when fear arise, when threat and harm arise, fear is going to come. Okay? Isaiah 43, 1 through 3. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I don't know about you, but drowning and getting burned, those seem like those should be harmful threats, right? That's, I think, in the world's terms, that feels legitimate to be fearful. But Isaiah 43, 1 through 3 Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, you shall not they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Let that sink in right now. I think we just need to let that sink in. This is totally different. This is threat. This is all threat of harm. And God is saying, fear not. Fear not, wherever you go. Yeah, go. I think there's a big difference, too, between when you have, like, the spirit of fear, right, like, is way different than just discerning danger. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think that's where, you know, the world doesn't understand because the world doesn't have the Bible or the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. But it's like when you discern something is, is dangerous, it doesn't mean you get afraid. It means you actually have wisdom now to adjust, right? I'm not going to walk in the street. I'm, I'm, or I'm going, oh, there's a fire coming. I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm going to run into his arms. I'm going to be, I'm going to know who I am in God. So it, it, it doesn't mean, I just think there's a big difference. I discern something that is, awesome. is off or that, okay, now I know not to be afraid. I know to actually run to God to get that support versus like, I get a spirit of fear and that's way different. That is, I am freaking out and I don't feel protected and safe in that in that moment. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so that leads us to uh, what what we do in the presence of danger or fear. What the world now gives us, what it says. Um, um, sorry, just when you started talking, I lost my train of thought. Okay, <laughs> all right, let me get back. <laughs> sorry, babe. If you didn't notice, Vanessa's pregnant. I for those <laughs> of you, that <laughs> people are like. <laughs> You're like, oh, like, it's COVID, it's and now... Just weight gain for the sake of weight gain. <laughs> yeah, just let the record show. It's a baby in there. It's a baby. Okay, so... <laughs> All right, so the world says, okay, fear comes when danger is present. Okay, wait, sorry, I'm totally lost now. Okay, okay, well, let's go over here. Okay, what does fear do to you? <laughs> We're still working on our interaction together. Okay, what does fear do to you? But yes, that was a really, that was a really good word, and it's, yeah, it's really true. It's like, yeah, there's a difference between discerning um, and there's like a wisdom, right, that leads to wisdom. And then there's a discerning that, or there's a fear, spirit of fear that cripples you, right? Yeah. Um, and I'll just say this one last verse because we all know it, but it's just so good to remember. Psalms 23.4, right? Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Even when I walk through the darkest of valleys, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Okay, so what does fear do to you? We're going to go to the Bible first for this one. Fear brings torment and punishment. 
1 John 4.18, there is no fear in love, but per perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. So the enemy's tactic with releasing a spirit of fear is to torment and punish you. What else does it do? It weighs you down, it oppresses you, and it brings depression. It's a great tool for the enemy, right? Anxiety weighs down the heart, Proverbs 12, 25. Anxiety weighs down the heart. Another translation um, says anxious fear brings depression, Proverbs 12, 25. Okay, number three, fear puts you in bondage. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. That's Psalm 34, 4. Another translation says, he freed me from all my fears. So we see the implied uh, assumption, right, is that David was in bondage to his, free, to his fears, right? And the Lord delivered him. So it puts us in bondage. Fear entraps us. The Proverbs 29, 25 says, fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Another translation with that is fear and intimidation is a trap that holds you back. So the enemy's plan is to trap you and to hold you back. I do think it's interesting kind of what the world talks about with fear because I actually think this is probably the most insightful part that the world has to offer us about fear <laughs> is what kind of is going on in our bodies. So what's going on physically in our bodies when fear comes? Uh, stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline, right? are released. Your blood pressure rises, your heart rate increases, you start breathing faster, even your blood flow changes. I think this is so interesting. Okay, so blood actually flows away from your heart into your limbs to get to the fight or flight mode, right? But let's think about that for a second. Like, that's a total tactic, right, to get us to think that we're alone and we have to defend ourselves right? So we're not even connecting with our hearts anymore. We're totally, our, all the blood is just going right to our limbs. And it's like, I got to either run or fight. But God is saying, I'm with you, right? And so I see, I feel like that physical even attack is to get us to forget that we are protected and we have a father who's protecting us. Um, it also weakens our immune system, and can cause cardiovascular damage. It can lead to accelerated aging. It affects our memory, our brain. It can sh work, mess up our long-term memory and um, certain parts of our brain that make it even more difficult to regulate once fear kind of takes on like an anxiety attack. You actually like, it's hard then to actually re-regulate your brain. Yeah, and I mean, I had a, I know some of you here had a similar experience. Even during the whole COVID crisis, there was, there was a moment for me. It was actually, we went down to Virginia to be with my folks, and, and I was, we were there about a week, and all of a sudden, I started feeling hot. I started feeling physically like, like something is off, and immediately my mind went to, I've got COVID. Like, I've got it. And I'm in a house with my parents and my kids and my pregnant wife, and I've got it, and I brought it into this house. And so it just takes one moment where you start agreeing with a fear, 
and it was a physical thing that I all of a sudden I started agreeing it, and then physically I just went totally all over the place. And that's where I think I experienced these physical conditions where I couldn't sleep that night. I'm just like, I'm, I'm feeling more hot, like, oh, I've got a temperature, I've got this, I've got that. And even in the midst of that, I'm like, crown to the Lord, like, what is going on? I'm, I'm paranoid. And this is, I'm not a very paranoid person. Like, I really don't, these things don't happen to me often. And so I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And I heard the Lord say, even in that night, you don't have it. You don't have it. It's in your mind. And now we have to seek the Lord for ourselves, right, in these moments. But I knew that there was a door to fear that had been opened up. And physically, it was now oppressing me. And mentally, I couldn't sleep. And so when these moments happen, it's like we have to hear, we have to draw near to the Lord. Like, be, because, like, if not, it could get way worse than that, right? This was only a night. But it, this could have been a week, two weeks, three weeks. I mean, and physically, I'm telling you, it was intense. So I, I, I believe it, and I've experienced it. I know some of you in this room had a similar experience during this time. Right, right. And that's like the real and imagined too, right? Where it's like, sure, if like a bear is attacking your family, you're going to go into that fight or flight, right? But the imagined, I would really say, is the spiritual, right? That's the spirit of fear. And and even the world has says like fear can be either real or imagined, right? Um, a bear attacking your family sounds pretty... Pretty scary, but you know what? We are <laughs> learning because we're in the Poconos right example, now. Because we're that in the Poconos black bears right now. are safer than I thought, so I just need to make sh work through that fear because I told Nicole her, told and then me she went on Google. I said, I know more about bears than Google knows about. He bears. told me that bears are just big deers, so they're like more afraid than us and relatively friendly. So yeah, so take that. Remember that. I don't know. I'm still but working through that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. See, we all still have to work through our real and imagined spirit of fear. <laughs> no. Okay. How do you respond when fear arises? What are the solutions to fear? I'm going to go to the world first. So the world is just like, okay, um, exercise, relax, healthy eating, avoid alcohol, talking therapies, you know, medication, support groups, literature about people who have gone through fears and overcome them. You know, allow yourself to sit with the fear for two to three minutes, write it down, look to humor. Okay, basically, do you see the pattern of this list is how to basically manage fear, right? So they're not saying that we have a solution to get rid of it. It's just how do you live with it? How do you manage it? That's what the world has to offer, management. And I think this is really important because I, I feel like this is a plumb line where we have accepted a culture of managing our fears, right? Like we can't ever really get rid of them. Um, you know, like we, and I feel this is really important for us as a church to realize the difference between what the world says about how to deal with fear and what the Bible says about dealing with fear. All right. So here is the instructions from the Bible on how to deal with fear. Throw it off. Matthew 28, 10. Don't let it open your heart. Luke 24, 38. Don't yield to it. John 14, 27. Let the love of God drive it out. 1 John 4, 18. Connect to the Father God. To Father God. Throw it off. Don't let it open your heart. Don't yield to it. Let the love of God drive it out. Connect to Father God, which is one of those last two really are why we also feel as a church it's time to come together. When we're doing Friday nights, we're coming because we need the presence to drive it out. We don't need to manage it. 
we need the presence to drive it out. <laughs> and it's true. Come on, raise your hand. Who's, who's afraid right now, right? No one's afraid in this room right now. <laughs> the presence drove it out, you know? <laughs> And we're not, we're together, you know, anyway. Um, and then lastly, the last one, though, is the fear of God. The fear of God. And Colt's going to talk about the fear of God, how the fear of God produces an immunity to all other fears. Take it away. Babe, that's good. You're tough to follow up. <laughs> Man, I had some stuff to say, but I just, you know, you were flowing. Um, so, yeah, the fear of the Lord is is such a... A biblical concept that is undertaught, in my opinion. I mean, there's so much scriptural basis for this concept of the fear of the Lord that it, it's it's just it's insane how much scripture there is behind it. And and I like Vanessa said, it really is. It's the only legal fear that that we're allowed in the kingdom. Like the fear of the Lord is a legal fear, and it makes you immune. It's your antibody from any other fear. If you fear the Lord, you're not going to be afraid of anything else. And, and so the concept, like, fear of the Lord feels so like, ah, like, but it's a, lo a loving God, but love and fear, like, how does that work? And you, you just think how unique is our relationship with God versus our relationship with anybody else on the planet, right? I think we've fear, we've only seen it in, in its inappropriate usage, right? If you're at a job, maybe you've seen fear used a lot to control you, to oppress you. If, you're, if you grew up in a, in a family, perhaps you had authoritative figures that use fear inappropriately. So we have a certain view of fear because of our worldly, you know, because of our flesh and because of the sin that's we live in a fallen world. But to fear a loving God is something that you probably, you really can't relate with a lot of relationships on the planet. So he's all loving and he's all powerful. And I think those concepts are what make the fear of, of the Lord Give it, give it a lot more texture, right? You're not, you're not just terrified of him. You're in love with him, like, and you, but you're afraid because he is powerful and mighty and strong. And it's almost like you're afraid to, like, not be covered by him, right? You're afraid to step out of anything that he's not called you to because you know how mighty and how loving he is. And so I, I think that concept just needs to be fleshed out. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read through a couple different verses to give a little more texture to the fear of the Lord. And like I said, there's a lot of scripture on this. Um, Proverbs 3, 7 through 8. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. So we're talking about like the spirit of fear produces in your body a lot of like blood's flowing everywhere. You're freaking out like you're running whatever temperature. But the fear of the Lord is healthy to your bones. So this is a very different type of fear, and this is a, a healthy fear. This is a good fear. Um, Proverbs 28, 14. How blessed is the man who fears always, but he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity. So if you look at how these, these is juxtaposed, the, the one who's fe who fears is blessed, but if, if not, your heart is hardened and you fall into calamity. So fear also keeps your heart open, keeps you open to the Lord, keeps you, keeps you not numb um, of the things happening in the world. Um, fear of the Lord is a healthy thing. Psalm 33, 18, behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope for his loving kindness, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. How powerful is that? 
the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him. And then the next line is on those who hope for his loving kindness. We got to rethink about how we think about the fear of the Lord. His loving kindness and the fear of the Lord are in two verses side by side, right? This is, this is like this all loving God is also to be feared, but he's all loving. And, and so it's, so I want to read one more. Psalm 31, 19. How abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who, trivia question, how abundant are the good things do you have stored up for those who hope in you, love you, praise you? All those would make sense, but it's fear you. How abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you? So this, the, the concept of the fear of the Lord is, is there's a, it's funny because you wouldn't put that word in there, would you? Like that, that's not how in normal Christianity we think about the fear of the Lord, but there's abundance of goodness in fearing him. Um, psalm 2, this is an intense psalm. There's that great IHOP song uh, about it. Um, what is it? How does that song go? Why do the nations rage? Why do the people plot in vain? I used to love to sing this song. I would annoy Vanessa so much. <laughs> We'd go on hikes and I'd be singing this song really loud. She's like, why do you like that song? I'm like, I like it. I'm like, it's a man's worship song. Jesus, it's very manly. Love you. That's what I like. Yeah, she would sing that, you know, and that's fine too. But uh, Psalm 2, I mean, the, the really the, the theme of Psalm 2 is the, re the return of Jesus. And why the nations are raging. They're plotting against the risen Christ. But here he is in his second coming. And, and here is how it instructs the kings, um, the kings of the earth to go before the Lord. It says, now, therefore, this is uh, Psalm 2, verse 10. Be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. We, I don't think we think about when we serve the Lord with, with this posture of fear. He's mighty. He's holy. He's righteous. It, th this, is, this is a good posture. And, and to rejoice with trembling. Isn't that an interesting word choice? Rejoice with trembling. I can't think of a single moment that I've rejoiced with trembling except for in the presence of God. That's the only situation in my life where I could actually have this joy and at the same time, I'm like, I'm terrified. Like, and not because I'm afraid of him punishing me. It, it's, bec it's because of his power. It's because I, I wanna just be with him and, and I realize how mighty and, and holy he is. And you, you realize how little and unholy you are in those moments. But it draws you closer to him. It doesn't push you away. It's totally different than the spirit of fear. So the fear of God turns you to God, not away from God. And here's, um, here's a great, great quote by John Piper. John Piper says, the fear of God is a motive in the New Testament for not turning away from him. I'm going to read that again. The fear of God is a motive for not turning away from him. So in these times of testing that we're in, the fear of the Lord actually keeps us near to him. It, it, it doesn't push us off. Like fear, the spirit of fear, we want to run. We want to hide. You want to push away. But the fear of the Lord draws you near to his heart. And if you look in Psalm 34, you see this concept of, too, God is our place of refuge. And, and so Psalm 34, verse 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he rescues them. So when we fear him, we actually run to him for protection and safety. It, not running away, running to. And I think that's where the presence, where you're talking about, is so powerful. Because in the presence, we recognize he's our refuge. 
And in the current climate that we're in, the, the spirit of fear would want you to push you to all these other places, right? Instead, instead of Jesus being your refuge, if you're looking at the news and you're freaking out about hurricanes or social unrest or COVID, you know, you, you'd be pushed to things like, like you want to have more knowledge, so I need more knowledge so I can properly prepare against the things at hand, right? So I'm taking my refuge in my knowledge base. Or maybe I need more safety controls, right? I'm going to Lysol the house. I'm going to Lysol my neighbors. Like, I'm going to, this is how I'm going to manage my fear, right? It's a fear management. And I don't know if you've Lysoled your neighbors. I haven't yet. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> don't do that, please. My pastor told me to Lysol you and help my fear go away. That's like something that they're going to put on the news. Um, so fear is going to make you run to refuge in something else that's not God, something that's going to be destructive and hurtful for you, likely in the long run. But the fear of the Lord, you run to him. You hide in him. I thought you were going to talk, but then you didn't. <laughs> so how do I know that I fear the Lord, right? Here's two ways to know that you fear the Lord. Number one, and this is a challenging one, man. This is hard. I'm not saying I do this. Number one, the number one way you know you fear the Lord is you withhold nothing. You withhold nothing from the Lord. And if you, if you look in the book of Genesis, Genesis 22:12, Abraham gives the first example. This is the first time in Scripture it mentions somebody fearing the Lord. And it's when Abraham went to sacrifice his son Isaac. And God said, now I know you fear me. Because he didn't hold anything back, right? He feared God. He gave the promise. He gave, he gave everything that his life was, he was living for at that moment, you know, for the generations to come, the promises of God, and he put it on the altar. And that's how you know if you're really fearing the Lord. Will you give him everything? How do you know you fear the Lord? Number two, I will, you will hate evil and love righteousness. This is a big one. This is a really big one. Um, Proverbs 8, 13. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. You know, I have this funny thing that happens to me almost every week. <laughs> so I'm on the Wednesday prayer set. I encourage you, get on the Wednesday prayer set. It's so fun. Um, and when I'm on the Wednesday prayer set, boy, I, I'm always like, the Lord always brings to light something um, from that week, and normally it relates to my wife. Like, normally it's like, hey, you were really rude to her yesterday. You were a jerk. No, you were. <laughs> or remember when you, you know, remember when you said that? And so it's funny because we we're just worshiping, and that's why worship in the presence, and the Lord would just be like, hey, you remember that yesterday? <laughs> oh, I need to go repent to my wife. And so, anyway, the Lord would just bring these things up. It's not that I'm asking for it. He just brings it to my attention. And because I fear him, I go and I make it right. And I go and I find Vanessa and I say, all right, like, you know, this happened. Did you feel this way? And normally she's like, yeah, I did. <laughs> and I was like, oh. It goes both ways. <laughs> yeah. I have my stuff, too. <laughs> no, oh, you true. do. You do. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm giving my example here. Uh, <laughs> You can wow. go next. You can go next. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, it's like in his presence, you, he brings things up. And if you don't fear him and you just let that stuff slide, you become numb to sin. 
you you just think it's okay to you know to be rude to your wife. You think it's okay you know to be you know, sexually promiscuous. You think it's okay to treat people in your work a certain way because it gets the job done. And it's like w- with the fear of the Lord, it keeps us in track, and ultimately it keeps us from these sins that are going to harden our heart and keep us from Him, and dis- and ultimately destroy our lives, destroy our marriages. So that's where the fear of the Lord is so key, and it does, it refines us. Um, I had a, an experience this past week. I had a dream that was one of the most vivid dreams I've had probably in years. And in my dream, it relates to this topic, in my dream, we were in this huge church, and it was just massive. And, and you know, things were happening, we were, people were being ministered to, but there was, there was so much, like, compromise like in in the in people that were in this space and this isn't our people like this is just some random place but I, I think it represented the church at large and there was there was a lot of sexual promiscuity happening there was just just I don't even want to go into it all but there were we were in this place of worship we were in the church but there was these things happening and and I remember um somebody came up to me and they were they were all accusing other people well, this person sinning they're doing this they're doing that and in the meanwhile, this person is, you know, is like having an affair, like in my dream, right? And I'm, and, and I'm just like, I start weeping and like I'm literally on the floor weeping and not because I'm upset with these people, what they're doing, because I can't, I can't understand how our hearts, how the hearts in this room are so disconnected from, from God, from his righteousness, from his goodness, and how these, how these sins don't even, they don't, they don't seem to, there's no fear of the Lord. And there's and and I was like in my spirit, I woke up and I was trembling because I'm like, gosh, like the church, we have to get this right. Like we have to like we need the Holy Spirit to convict us so that we can have a healthy and and whole society. We need to not be fearing man and compromise what God has told us and, and compromise what righteousness looks like in the earth. And it was I was just trembling because. I recognize, I think it's the season that we live in where we have to be plumb lined in the truth. We have to know his heart and we have to fear him or else we get compromised. And when we get compromised, you know, it's we separate ourselves from um, from what the, the Lord and what he wants for us. So we want to um, we want to go into a, we want to go into a time of ministry here to close. And um, and I feel like the Lord showed us like a few different people, um, types of people, um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through a few scriptures because I believe this will help connect with um, where maybe some of you are at. Um, so Luke 8, 22, um, this is the story um, when Jesus calms the storm, and it's a common story. We all know this story, or probably do, and I felt like the Lord was highlighting this story and saying there's some of us who in this season, we were like those disciples. We're out on the boat, and the storms came. And whatever that storm would be in your own life, you know, things were intense. And we were freaking out. Like, we were like, ah, Jesus, save me. Like, so we were freaking out. We were operating in fear. But we woke up Jesus. <laughs> right? We, we still, even in that moment, we woke him up. We said, Lord, help. And if you read that, the whole scripture you know, they're afraid of the storm, and they wake him up. He calms it. He calms the entire storm, and then it says they were afraid of him. <laughs> their, their fear is no longer in the things of the world. They now fear God because he's mighty and he's powerful, and they recognized 
the, who is in the boat with us. <laughs> so I felt like there's some of you in this room, I want to encourage you that maybe you freaked out, maybe you had these moments of fear, but you woke the Lord up. You, not, you asked the Lord, come, come, come help me. And, and I feel like the enemy would want to just say, ah, you were afraid in this season. Ah, you did this. No, J Jesus is rejoicing because you woke him up, because you turned to him in that time. So just because you engage with fear doesn't mean Jesus is not rejoicing. He, and you're, you're in this room. You're on the Zoom call. You're, you're still engaged with what the Lord is doing. And so I just want to encourage, I, I feel like there's, there's some of you in here that fit that um, description. Um, Luke 22, another story that I feel some people fit. Um, Luke 22, starting at verse 31. Um, and this is the Lord speaking to Peter. And this is right before he's about to go to the cross. And Jesus sees that Peter's going to deny him. He, he's encouraging them, you all stood with me. You're going to you know, be in the kingdom. And in the, he sees what, what's going to happen to Peter. And he speaks this over him in advance to strengthen him. It says, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. And Peter in this moment, he's not fully recognized. I mean, he responds, no, Lord, I would never deny you. But later, how impactful must that have been for Peter? Say, no, the Lord saw it, and Jesus himself prayed for me that my faith would not fail. And I feel there's some of you, maybe in this room, maybe online, and you felt in this season, I feel like my faith is failing. Like, I feel just, like, I'm not like Jesus on the boat. I'm, like, on my own boat, and I feel like I can't get to Jesus. Like, I can't get a hold of anything stable right now. And I feel like the Lord would want to encourage you. He, he is praying this over you. So I want us to pray this over each other, but Jesus himself at the right hand of God is praying that your faith would not fail. And I really believe that in this moment, those of you in that situation, you're actually, your faith is going to be so solidified. You're not going to fall off the boat. Like you're going to stay in the boat with Jesus. And I, I really do believe that it, it's a catalytic moment for the church. And some people are falling away from the faith. Let's just be honest. That's happening. But I, I really believe the Lord is capturing hearts at a much deeper level. And through a crisis like this, like, he's going to strengthen your faith in a way that you never knew possible. Yeah, amen. So to close this up, we're going to do, um, we're going to lead you in a prayer. Um, there's an inner healing ministry called Sozo, and they have, um, it's just really an inner healing ministry where it just connects you to hear God's voice for yourself. And one of the tools they have is relates to fear. So right now what we're going to do is you're just going to close your eyes, and I'm just going to lead you in prayer that you can say to Father God. This is, right, one of the things the Bible says is to connect to Father God if you're dealing with fear. So that's what we're going to do right now. Um, so if you want to journal, if you want to say this in your heart, or if you want to just say it out loud, if you're alone, you're free to. Um, however, you want to start praying this prayer out loud. But I'm going to lead you through it. Um, so why don't you, everyone just close their eyes right now. And the first thing we're going to ask Father God, so in your heart or quietly to yourself, we're just going to say, Father God, has the door of fear opened in my life at all these past few months? And I just encourage you that whatever you hear right away, if it's a picture, if you hear words, um, if you just get an impression, go with that. That's Father God speaking to you. So 
don't try to overanalyze it. So now we're going to ask Father God, what happened to me that caused this door to open? Father God, is there someone I need to forgive regarding this situation and this open door? Father God, can we close this door now, or is there someone else that I need to forgive? Father God is taking you someplace where maybe there's more people to forgive. Maybe he's showing you a wall and that there's something um, you can ask if, you know, what the wall represents. You can also ask how um, you would like me to take it down or how does it need to come down. Um, so if you are still on that journey with Father God doing work and talking more about this, go there. Um, but for those who heard that it's safe to close that door, um, you're going to go ahead and pray this. Father God, I give you permission to close this door in my life. Seal this door any way you would like. Now, Father God, I choose to turn around and leave the store behind me. Now, what do you want me to see? And what does life look like now without the store? Thank you, Father God. Um, and I just bless each person here, and I thank you for your power, Father God, to seal doors, to seal things that have been opened up. I thank you that we have access to you, Father God. Amen. 
I would just um, encourage you guys, um, you can go back in the audio, you can take notes and, and do this process. Um, I, a quick testimony, I've been practicing some Sozo stuff with some friends every now and then, and um, we went through this tool, and it, this was just last week, and our daughter, she's going back to school in person, and in this town hall meeting, they talked about like when they're sitting at a desk, they don't need to wear a mask because they're six feet apart. Um, so I felt really good about that because she's five years old and I just kind of been wrestling with that. And then I, then like a few days later, I was reading the parent manual and they have this whole section and it says, there's a sentence that says, all children must wear a mask at all time. And immediately I got really fearful. Um, just thinking like, oh my gosh, she's like, is that gonna be healthy for her to be masked for seven hours? She's five years old. And I just started getting fearful. So we went through this prayer, and the Lord showed me that. Just that sentence opened that door of fear. And it was really interesting because the person I had to forgive was the person who wrote it. I don't even know who that person is. But I had to forgive them. And then we went, I went through the process, and I shut the door. And then it, when it came to what do you want to me to see now, like, I get teary up every time because I saw Jesus holding Fern's hand walking into that school. And so I just know that regardless of whatever happens, he is with her. And that is now, that's the lifeline, that's my plumb line, that's what I see now. And for me, what the, did life look like with that door shut? It looked like, don't read all this news, Vanessa, about who's saying what about schools, it's safe, is it not? Like I was getting in that swirl of reading everyone's journey with schools and what Cuomo's gonna say, what all these people are gonna say. And the Lord's like, life without that door is not going there. It's staying focused on the picture I gave you, that Jesus is with your daughter. So. I'm just giving you that example to say, like, it can happen, like, with one sentence you read in this current climate, right? So use this tool whenever you need throughout the week, you know, and just check in and say, hey, did the door of fear open? Um, you know, and, and just go through that. And it's really, um, so, yeah, I just wanted to give you guys that tool um, to just go to connect to Father God. We're connecting to Father God, right, and getting the truth. Yeah, and I think I want to say two things on like, even this exercise in itself, I hope it empowers you to know that with Jesus, you can crush these fears, yeah. right? Like, we're, we're asking the door to close, not, like, just, like, be cracked open and, you know, manage whatever comes through. Like, close it, Lord. And I, and I really feel there's a faith, like, and I felt it today in this, there's a faith yes. to crush yeah. these fears yes. right now. And yeah. to, this stuff is not going to yeah. get in our mindset in yeah. this season. We can't yeah. let it. Yeah, it really is a season to, like, not manage, not listen to that. I, I really feel the manage between, like, what the Bible says to deal with it. And I feel like the church is coming to that point right now where it's like we're not being fooled anymore. And I think it's so key, too, that you seek the Lord for yourself on these matters. Like, even, I mean, we're not saying, like, you know, everybody should be outside with no mask and should be running through the streets, like, you know, screaming Jesus. Like, like that's, like, we're not trying to create this idea of that's what it looks like. What it looks like is you get before the Lord and you ask him, what, what, what is this season supposed to look like for me? And I'm not going to listen to any fear that's in my heart and that you're true to the Lord in your own conversation with him, right? So it's not enough just to say, well, you know, because I'm doing X, Y, Z, now I'm really walking free of fear. No, like you need to be re responding to what he's telling you to do, and that may look different. We need to honor where different people are at and what they're hearing, but we cannot tolerate a spirit of fear. Like that is, that is the key, and, and it, it really is, if, you, if today things were turning up for you in this time, we're going to have like uh, the Zoom connect rooms are going to open back up again. 
Um, and we're going to be, you know, here as well, of course, um, gathering together. But I encourage you, tell someone today, bring a trusted person that loves the Lord. Bring them in to, to maybe this any door of fear that you've experienced. Let, let's walk together in this. Let's pray together for one another and pray about, too, how did this even, in Vanessa's example, it was, it was allowing certain news sources to come in. There was, there's these rhythms that we allow in our life that can produce great fruit or that can produce burden and fear and open the door for it. So just to cast something out and come in, you, it may get, the Lord may just totally, you know, you might be in the presence and it's gone. Yeah. But if you, don't, if you don't get with the Lord and understand the rhythms of your life and spiritual disciplines, worship, silence before the Lord, prayer, if those things aren't happening, there's going to be open doors for this thing to come back and impress you. And I don't say that to scare you. I say it to, like, let's just be realistic. It's not just about casting out fear. It's living a lifestyle like Jesus did in prayer, in worship, in community. That's how we really, you know, kick fear every day. Yeah.